If you visited an Olive Garden restaurant in the late 90s, you might remember a dessert they used to serve called the brownie decadenza. It was basically a brownie sundae. And it had a three by three inch double chocolate brownie with vanilla ice cream and caramel on top. And it was delicious. That's Layla Uslander. And you might have noticed that she remembers the details of the brownie decadenza down to the exact dimensions of the brownie itself. That's because the company where she works, Silverland Bakery, made the brownies for Olive Garden. And they were the same dense chocolate chocolate chip brownies you might find today in the bakery section of your local grocery store or at your neighborhood coffee shop. What you won't find is Silverland Bakery's name on the packaging. That's because the business is a commercial bakery. It specializes in what's called private labeling or making a product that's ultimately sold under another company's name. Here's Layla Uslander's mother, Athena Uslander, who co-founded Silverland Bakery in 1983 and still runs the business. Private labeling is an area of the business that a lot of people don't know about, but that's how our business has grown because a lot of uh, retailers would like you to think that they make everything, but that's just a secret in the food business. That secret allowed Athena Uslander to leave behind a career in engineering to start her own business. You'll learn how she did it and find out what happened to the Olive Garden Brownie Decadenza on this episode of The Distance, a podcast about long-running businesses. I'm Waylon Wong. The Distance is a production of Basecamp, introducing the new Basecamp 3. Basecamp is everything any team needs to stay on the same page about whatever they're working on. Tasks, spur-of-the-moment conversations with coworkers, status updates, reports, documents, and files all share one home. And now your first Basecamp is completely free forever. Sign up at Basecamp.com slash The Distance. I was not a baker, I was not a cook, but I was an entrepreneur. Athena Uslander grew up in Iran, and even as a child, she had an interest in business. When I was a little girl, I was like seven or eight, I wanted to like make money, but I didn't know how. So I went and bought a box of gum from a corner store, this is back in Iran, and I paid, a, say, a cent for each pack, and I came home, and I marked them up to a penny and a half. And I sold zero packs of gum, which I was so puzzled. I thought, you know, why aren't they buying these gums? Then my uncle said, well, you know what? They can go half a block and get the same pack for a penny. So don't you think that it's worth their time? And so I thought, hmm, that's very interesting. So I had a huge loss back at the age of seven, but you know, it, that burning, that fire had always been in me, even to this day. Athena dreamed of being a businesswoman, and she also dreamed of moving to the United States. So when she graduated from high school, she left Iran and came to Carbondale, Illinois, to attend Southern Illinois University. A few years later, the Iranian Revolution would completely upend life back in her home country. But at the time, she was just an eager college freshman. I wasn't even 18 yet, I was 17. So I remember coming here and, you know, I didn't know. I thought there were like six schools in the United States and one of them was SIU. So I thought, wow. And it was this huge school. And I remember coming to Carbondale and thinking, 
God, this is like a heaven. I can just go and get a job at the library. I can become a waitress, you know, things that I had never heard of. So I had three jobs. I had three part-time jobs. And I think I was a capitalist at heart. I just loved the freedom of being able to work and, you know, make money. So it was, it was a dream come true for me. Athena earned two degrees, including a master's in metallurgical engineering, and got a job at a company in downtown Chicago that designed bridges. It was what she thought she wanted, but something wasn't right. I was not happy. I was happy maybe for less than a year when I was an engineer because I wanted to be an engineer, and I had worked so hard to become one. And I, and I wanted especially to design buildings and, and so forth. But working for somebody else was not working for me. At that time, Athena and her husband liked to throw dinner parties. And one of their friends, a woman named Lisa Silverman, always showed up with brownies. Athena had tasted brownies for the first time at a bake sale after arriving in the States. And even though those bake sale brownies were made from a box, she was smitten. The brownies that her friend Lisa brought to her dinner parties were even better. Rich, fudgy squares of chocolate with an unmistakable homemade quality. Everybody thought that they were just out of this world. And afterwards, we would stash the leftovers and have our names on there. I loved her brownies. And I always said jokingly to her, very jokingly, that if she was ever looking for a partner, that I'd be interested. Lisa used a family recipe that had been passed down through several generations. And she was making the brownies out of her home and selling them to a few small stores in the Chicago neighborhood where she lived. One day, the health department showed up. That's when she called me. I was at work, and I worked at 309 West Washington in Chicago, and she called me and she said, Athena, were you serious? When you had asked me about becoming my partner, you know, they just came here and busted me, and I want to go into a commercial space. And that's how we got started. It was January 1983, Lisa and Athena, who was pregnant with Layla at the time, found a 400-square-foot kitchen space in the Chicago suburbs and got to work. They baked, they sold their brownies door-to-door at sandwich shops and catering companies, and they made deliveries. The name of their company, Silverland Bakery, came from their two last names, Silverman and Uselander. We had a small convection oven, a table, and a mixer, a 30-quart mixer. And these Italian, old little Italian ladies would sneak their heads in and say, what are you girls doing in here? And the brownies, we make brownies out of a box. Why would you want to sell that? So, you know, no one had heard of brownies being commercial. You know, a lot of caterers and people that we were contacting didn't know, oh, okay, we can sell brownies or we can have that on the dessert menu. So we basically had to create a need, which was even more difficult. But then, you know, when we started having other flavors and making it, uh, you know, chocolate has always been popular. Making a homemade product be available commercially, the doors started to open. In August, just seven months after the two friends went into business together, Lisa's husband got a new job in San Francisco and she had to leave Silverland Bakery. Athena bought out her partner's steak, which included the family recipe for the double chocolate brownies, and continued on her own. She added new flavors of brownies, then expanded into cookies and other kinds of bars, including raw nutrition bars. But the focus was always on wholesaling and private label. Athena was a young mom, and she didn't want to work retail hours. 
Plus, she knew she was better at sales than at merchandising or mass marketing. This strategy worked for Silverland Bakery. Today, the business, which is based in the Chicago suburb of Forest Park, makes over 50 products that are sold across the country at places like Whole Foods. It also has a mail-order business and sells some baked goods under its own name. Here's Layla, who joined the business four and a half years ago. Restaurants come and go, bakeries come and go. You know, a lot of times people want to just try what's new and great, and then they might come back and they might not. So once you get your foothold in the wholesale business and in the private label business, I think it's easier to maintain a customer base. There are trade-offs in the private label business. One of the main ones for Silverland Bakery is that the company is invisible to the people who ultimately buy and eat its products. Athena is like the Cyrano de Bergerac of brownies. She makes treats that people love, but she doesn't get the credit or the name recognition. We used to sell to the popcorn factory, and we were doing huge numbers for them around the holidays. And they were able to pull away from us, and all of those loyal customers were stranded, basically, because they had no way of finding out where they came from. Where, you know, they changed the brownies. Okay, well, I want the other one. Which other one? Uh, well, they were the same ones. No, you're crazy. No, I'm not cra- I know they didn't taste like this. But, you know, that's what we gave up. Another challenge in the private label business is not getting dependent on a few large customers. And that brings us back to the Olive Garden and the Brownie Decadenza. Their volume was huge. There was a time when we were just busting out of these walls here. And then they decided that they wanted to stick to the Italian theme and that a brownie sundae was not Italian. So they wanted to switch from that brownie sundae to something Italian. They wanted actually something that looked like a lasagna, but was a dessert. And, uh, you know, <laughs> so, yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't quite come up with something like that, so they dropped us. For a while, it was extremely difficult because we had set up for that volume and all the employees that we had hired. So it was very difficult for a time. Uh, you have to be diversified, just like you would in your portfolio for investing, so that you have customers that can sustain you until you can fill that volume with something else. Silverland Bakery has pursued variety in its customer base, but it stayed focused on a narrow range of products. Brownies, dessert bars, cookies, and raw nutritional bars. The business has resisted jumping onto all the different dessert bandwagons that have rolled by. Cupcakes, macarons, cake pops, donuts. When developing a new brownie flavor, Athena will sometimes draw inspiration from flavor trends, like adding Himalayan sea salt to her caramel brownie. But she's learned over time to concentrate on what she does best. Through the years, we've private labeled muffins and all kinds of things that you wouldn't see us as doing, like we've done coffee cakes and that kind of thing. But we've always gone back to our strength, which is dessert bars that are in a format of a rectangular pan or cookies, because that's something we've also done for almost as many years as we've done the bars. And the double chocolate brownie still uses the original family recipe from Athena's former business partner, who remains a close friend of the Uslander family. It's just a very rich brownie. A lot of times people ask if it's fudge. So it's a very dense chocolatey brownie. We did create the classic brownie about 15 years ago because a lot of our customers were like, you know, we don't want a fudgy brownie. We want a cakey brownie. But I mean, according to my mom or I, we would say that's... To us, those aren't real brownies. Those are, those are sissy brownies. 
It's been three decades since Athena left engineering, but she still uses her scientific background to develop new recipes. She understands how ingredients react with each other and how to make a product that can be shipped to a customer frozen, then thawed and repackaged while still tasting great and looking nice in a bakery case. One of her hallmarks is her caramel brownie, where the caramel sits on top of the chocolate in a separate layer. How does she keep her caramel from sinking into the brownie batter? My youngest kid is a boy, and he always says, don't ask my mom how to make the caramel brownies, because he'll say, first I have to kill you, then I can tell you. (laughs) So yes, it is a big trade secret. (laughs) More recently, Athena has turned her attention to natural food bars with flavors like peanut butter flax and pomegranate pistachio. Layla and her two younger siblings actually grew up in a clean eating household, despite their mother's business. The natural food bars were launched because of the way that we eat. You know, we don't eat five brownies a day. We probably only eat one brownie a day. And outside of that, we actually, it's funny, I was like the kid growing up that would bring the healthy food at lunch and all the other kids would make fun of. Athena first came across flaxseed bars at a Starbucks while on vacation and decided she would make her own version with fewer and more high-quality ingredients. Developing new products is the aspect of her business that she most enjoys. There's a combination of making sure the product is wholesome and that it can sustain itself in terms of packaging, handling, because you have to be able to serve them. I don't care how great they are for you and so forth, but the you know, retailer has to be able to handle it and package it themselves and so forth. But yeah, they took a long time. I mean, these 32 years, there hasn't been a single product that has not taken a long time. If you're in Forest Park, Illinois, you can visit Silverland Bakery. There's a small storefront where retail customers can buy Athena's brownies, raspberry crumble bars, lemon bars, and more. It's probably worth a visit just for the chocolate smell. Everyone has their, like, smell of their mom's perfume. That's this smell is actually, it's, you know, her perfume smell is actually this, the smell of these brownies. And Athena is just as enamored with chocolate as she was over 40 years ago when she tried her first brownie. Nowadays, I'm so addicted that I don't even like semi-sweet or dark chocolate. I like 100% dark chocolate, which is really, really bitter and not very tasty for, I would say, 99% of the for human consumption, but I love it. <laughs> the Distance is produced by Sean Hildner and me, Waylon Wong. Thanks to Matt Barron for telling me about Silverland Bakery and hello to our new listeners. If you know of a business that's at least 25 years old and has a great story, you can email me at tips at the I read and save every suggestion I get over email. You can also find us on Twitter at distance mag. That's at distance M-A-G or sign up for a newsletter at the The distance is a production of Basecamp, the leading app for keeping teams on the same page about whatever they're working on. Your first Basecamp is completely free forever. Try the brand new Basecamp 3 for yourself at Basecamp.com slash the distance.